Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. The talk tonight I'm calling Unhooking from Suffering. That's what the Buddha's teaching is all about. When he was asked what he teaches, he says, he says, I teach about suffering and the end of suffering. Um, and there are many practices to do that. Um, and I want to explore tonight, particularly a, some simple practices, how we get hooked and how we can be unhooked in any moment if we remember. That's the tricky part. Uh, but it's possible. You just, the more you practice and the more you will uh, remember. And that is how I've seen it in my own, my own life uh, and want to offer that to you and hopefully something very simple uh, might be helpful, and I'll, I'll share some stories about just how this has worked. So, I want to start by reading a passage. I've read this before, um, so some of you have heard it, uh, but it's really a key to this topic. Uh, this is from The Lazy Man's Guide to Enlightenment. How many people are familiar with that book? Larry raises his hand up. Anyone else familiar with it? A uh, few. Okay. Thaddeus Golis from, I think, 1970 or so. The basic function of each being is expanding and contracting. Expanded beings are permeative Contracted beings are dense and impermeative. We experience expansion as awareness, comprehension, understanding, whatever we wish to call it. When we are completely expanded, we have a feeling of total awareness, of being one with all life. At that level, we have no resistance to any vibrations or interactions of other beings. It is timeless bliss with unlimited choice of consciousness, perception, and feeling. When a being is totally contracted, they are a mass particle completely imploded. To the degree that they are contracted, a being is unable to be in the same space with others. So contraction is felt as fear, pain, unconsciousness, ignorance, hatred, evil, and a whole host of strange feelings. At an extreme, they have the feeling of being completely insane, of resisting everyone and everything, 
of being unable to choose the content of their consciousness. Of course, these are just the feelings appropriate to mass vibration levels, and they can get out of them at any time by expanding, by letting go of all resistance to what they think, see, or feel. So you got that? Expanded, aware, wholesome states, love, generosity, clarity, wisdom, contracted beings, greed, hatred, delusion, fear, envy, all of those. <clears throat> and of course, we can't be expanded all the time. That's not realistic. We have to move through life and protect ourselves from danger and at times uh, withdraw and retreat. But to the degree that we are contracted in our minds, we can protect ourselves, but to the degree that we are tight or uptight, we are lost in the stories in our minds. This is the Buddha, he says. This is uh, the Thomas Byram translation of the Dhammapada, the opening lines. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. Speak or act with an impure or confused mind and trouble will follow you as the wheel follows the ox that draws the cart. We are what we think. All that we are arises with our thoughts. With our thoughts, we make the world. Speak or act with a pure or clear mind, and happiness will follow you as your shadow, unshakable. How can a troubled mind understand the way? Your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own thoughts, unguarded. But once mastered, no one can help you as much, not even your father or your mother. We are what we think. With our thoughts, we make the world. A thought comes, and if we are confused or we are contracted, generally that, that thought troubles us and confuses us and agitates us and uh, leads to some generally negative thought, word, or action. When a wholesome thought comes, we generally believe that or get affected by it, unless we say, oh yeah, that was just lucky. Uh, that's not really where my mind is at. 
but when we really are moved by that thought, um, it feels good inside and our words and our actions are, um, are pleasant to ourselves and to everyone else. There's one um, phenomenon that the Buddha spoke of about, uh, spoke of that um, we uh, get caught in, a particular phenomenon and problem that he called papancha, P-A-P-A-N, C with a little accent on it, A. So the C is pronounced like C-H. Papancha. And this is what he says, how he describes papancha in Majjhima Nikaya number 18, the Honeyball Sutta, it's called. What one perceives, one thinks about. What one thinks about that one mentally proliferates. With what one mentally proliferates as the source, perceptions and notions born of mental proliferation beset a person with respect to past, future, and present forms cognizable through one of the senses. So, He's saying, your eye makes contact with a particular object, okay? Bell, the way that that whole process of connection and perception works is there's the object, the bell, there's a working organ, eye, and there's a consciousness somewhere in there, somewhere mysterious in there, um, of recognizing the brain translates that, that object into, um, into um, an experience of seeing. But those three things, the object, the sense organ, and the consciousness that knows in, in the teachings, that it's the fifth skanda called vijnana. Um, when those three come together, there is contact. Oh, bell. One of those, uh, of the five skandhas, or the five aggregates, is called perception, where we in our brain recognize experience. And we know from past experience, it's like the hard drive inside that says, oh, I know what that is. That's a bell. Not I know what that is, but bell. And with that perception, inherent in the perception is, um, is a, a great tendency to, to compare it to other past experience. Oh, I know bell. And then you might say, 
um, nice bell or not as nice as the bell that I have at home or smaller than that bell. That's a big bell. This is a small bell compared. If you had a really small bell, this would be a bigger bell. Anyway, that aggregate of perception compares. And as the mind is trying to make sense of reality, there is generally this proliferation of thought. What one perceives, one thinks about. What one thinks about, one mentally proliferates. And that is what the word papancha describes, the proliferation of thought. A few weeks ago, I, I um, shared about the, the pithy sutta by, by the Buddha, the Bahia Sutta, where he says to Bahia, in the scene, there is only what is seen. In the heard, there is only what is heard. In the sense, there is only what is sensed. In the thought, there is only what is thought. And what he's saying there is, in the scene, there is only what is seen. Oh, this experience, only what is seen means there's not that proliferation of, I like this bell, I don't like this bell. It's a small bell, it's a nice sounding bell, blah, blah, blah. Because as soon as you have some thought about it, generally speaking, if the mind is not guarded, it gets into a whole train of thought, proliferation of thought, that becomes a story. And actually, not just one story, but one train of thought leads to another, to another, free associating. That's how the mind works. Have you ever sat in meditation and, say, if you're on a retreat and you've gotten lost in thought and you don't know how you ended up with the particular story you're on? And sometimes if you're really um, somewhat clear, you might be able to, I wouldn't recommend you doing this all the time, trace back to the association of how you got to junior high school from something that they served at lunch and somebody who picked it up, who reminded you of the kid in your class next, next door, blah, blah, blah and you ended up in junior high school. That's called proliferation of thought. But he says, in the scene, there's only the scene. That's enough. Not so easy. So a key is to somehow not get caught in this proliferation of thought. And all it takes is one moment and you're gone. I was sharing with, with a friend today this saying in Hinduism that I love. Even a 93-year-old saint isn't safe. Just 
one thought away and boom, you're gone, proliferating. The corollary to that is no matter how complicated where the mind has gone, in one moment, you can come back to here. In any moment when you realize, oh, the mind has just made up these stories, you're back. I've shared in my, um, uh, on retreat a number of years ago, I, I had gotten pretty, fairly quiet, and I, but I'd noticed at times some wisps and then starting to lead to a thought, and I just would notice, oh, mental, mental proliferation, no, what is it, mental fabrication. And which I still use, oh, just mental fabrication. And as soon as I see that and remind myself of that, I realize, oh, just created that thought or just created that story, I should say. So meditation is seeing through these stories and these movies that we tell ourselves and not getting hooked by those thoughts not identifying with the thoughts as being real. Thoughts are as real as you believe them to be or as empty as you see them to be. One of my teachers and uh, Joseph Goldstein's first main teacher, Manindraji, he used to say, the thought of your mother is not your mother. Very simple. Uh, just as a little experiment, check this out. You might close your eyes for a moment and think of somebody who, um, who is important to you or who you are, you've been thinking about recently. Maybe a friend, maybe a coworker, maybe uh, uh, somebody uh, you're, you're close to, just think about somebody. Have an image of them. Get in touch with how you feel about them. Now become aware that you're in a room or in a Zoom room and you're just making pictures in your mind. Here we are, sitting here all together making pictures. And shift from being in the middle of the movie to seeing, oh, mind is making a movie. Okay, you can open your eyes. You see the difference between the two? The thought of your mother is not your mother. The thought of that person, and maybe if I, I gave you just uh, you know a few seconds enough to maybe see if you got into any proliferation about them, um, and then you wake up. So for me, the more that it's worked, the more that I practice, 
and have have you know deepened my practice. Not that I'm catching all the thoughts that come through. No way. And in fact, it would be kind of impossible to be for me to be mindful of what I'm doing and labeling if I'm reading a piece of paper and I'm going reading, 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 reading. It's not going to get in there. So you have to let go of trying to be mindful every moment. However, the way this works along with my the initial piece about contraction and expansion is you start to become more attuned or aware when there is contraction. If more and more you're living from a place of openness and non-contention with the moment, when there is contraction, it feels different. And of course, the more one practices and deepens one practice, one's practice, the more available this is. And for me, the way it works is when I, when I start getting caught, which I can, you know, I've often said, press the right button, I can be back in the third grade. But, um, but it doesn't last too long. And, but what happens is there's a part of me that says, oh, wait, there's another way. There's another way here. Just because I tune into the fact that there's a contraction going on. And so this is one uh, doorway for you to see if you're, if you're getting hooked by your thoughts. All you need to do, if you make your practice just noticing, is there contraction or ease? Or is there contraction or non-contraction? We can just keep it like on that level. And if there is contraction, all you need to do is the slightest amount of relaxation moving in the, op in the other direction, and you are starting a shift. You're starting a shift of, of awareness from tightness to openness. If you are still stuck in that contraction, if you bring mindfulness to it and say, oh, and here's angry Buddha, or here's confusion, or here's wanting, as the Buddha says in the, in the Satipatthana Sutta, one knows the mind with, with hatred as simply the mind with hatred. Because mindfulness is not feeding that contraction. And that's, oh, the thought of your mother is not your mother. Oh, the thought of hatred is not who you are, really. The awareness can, can, can hold that. 
So the moment that you're mindful of wherever you happen to be of that contraction, you're not adding on to the contraction. But if you can in any way open with a little bit of softness and relaxation, whether it's with self-compassion, just holding with tenderness, or in having some reminder that you can remember when you get caught, like for me, that, oh, mental fabrication, that can be a really powerful unhooking. Uh, my wife, Jane, who's been practicing for many years, she was on a, um, she sat the, the retreat this, uh, this February, and she had a revelation that she's been using ever since. She, and I, I asked her if it's okay to, to share this, and she said, yeah, sure, if it would be helpful. So her mind can get into thinking about the past um, and thinking about particularly me in the past and thinking about me 20 years ago doing something that was upsetting to her. Okay. We've talked about this, you know, uh, we all have our stuff. I have my stuff. This is one thing that if she's kind of annoyed at me, she'll think other things from, from the past, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh, good. I'm, 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 glad, I'm glad I'm not alone. Yeah. So it, that's how it works. Somebody annoys you, and then you start thinking about all the things that they've done forgetting about all the nice things that maybe they, they've done. And when she gets, when she would get on a roll, it, she, papancha takes over, right? So she was, and she saw this habit. Um, I mean, she knows about it, but she saw it really clearly on this retreat. And she spoke to, uh, she was interviewing with Sally uh, Armstrong, uh, a, a dear friend and very wise teacher, and um, she was saying, you know, I just, uh, um, uh, I, I, I just get caught in this, and I, I forget exactly what did Sally say. She said uh, uh, something like that. Oh, that that's just uh, that's just papancha. She might I might not know if she used that word. It's just the mind getting hooked by a thought, and if you can just see that it's hooked by a thought then you don't have to get lost there. And so it made sense to her, but she didn't quite know how to, how to do it. It made such sense that she said, what can I do to, to really remind myself before jumping onto the train? And so she, this image came to her as she's about to get into papancha about me, Goodness, she uh, she had this uh, this image of flashing lights like neon lights and uh, saying weeds like caution weeds. <laughs> it might sound really silly. It has been a life changer. 
because and in in retreat it can ha it, those kinds of things can can really land and it's been really great i've been telling her for some time oh we don't have to relive the past there's no way I, we can change the past yeah i've done some unskillful things yeah but i'm basically a nice guy right <laughs> and she's just she hasn't gotten caught and this is february right now we're in june every time she now she it doesn't it hardly comes up but those the first few weeks it was caution weeds caution weeds and it, it's changed now so um the practice really does work and um uh let's see oh i thought i, I put it down i guess not uh byron katie a wonderful teacher has a has a um, a practice uh, that really saved her. I'm sorry, I didn't. I thought I had. I was going to read her a little thing. She had uh, Byron Katie's this wonderful teacher, and she got into this practice. She was miserable, uh, very depressed, and having these thoughts that were besieging her, and. What was it? Oh, a a a a, a, ro a cockroach walked across her field of vision as she was in the middle of this, as I recall, and it just kind of woke her up from from this. Oh, and then she she got back to her thought and she said, "Is that thought true? Is it really true?" I I don't have that. There's four parts. Uh, uh, what would happen if it were not true, something like that? To turn it around, what would happen if it were not true? And then she has people turn it around and bust that thought and just see it, hold it in another way. She has been a, a very uh, impactful teacher for many, many people, all by seeing, by asking herself, is that thought true? Is it really true? Can can you can you prove that it's really true? And um, and it's been very powerful. There's one one last thing that I want to share uh, that for me has been very helpful. Um, and that's a, a, a number of months ago. I think I shared about this this fabulous uh, treatise from Kashmir Shaivism uh, called The Realization of Our Heart, of Our True Heart, this 20-line 20, 20 powerful teaching, where um, in this philosophy, it says that human beings, we are expressions of life. We are, the, we are life made manifest. Life is operating through us. And the functions that life has through us in this cosmic game of hide and seek, where we forget who we really are, there is birth manifesting, there is uh, preservation, we take care of our bodies, and all. there is 
reabsorption or death. That's just this, this mystery of awareness taking these forms. And then the last two functions in this philosophy, awareness playing hide and seek with itself, there is concealment. That's part of the deal where life forgets itself just to have play. There is concealment and then there is remembering who we really are or what it is that's remembering. So the whole game in this philosophy is it's inherent in us to forget, to conceal the truth, and it's also potential in all of us to remember what we really are. We are life expressing itself through this form. So the way to unhook oneself is to simply remember that we are creating these stories. And in any moment of remembering, whether it's weeds or saying, is that true? Or mental fabrication. In that moment, particularly if you can tune into contraction, oh, I'm believing a story here. And my other practice for myself is asking, what story am I believing right now? That also busts my confusion, my mind. In any moment, you remember you're back again. So here's what I want to ask of you as maybe a practice that you can play around with. Close your eyes. And I'm probably not telling you something that you don't know inside. But suppose you, well, suppose, when you get lost in a thought or a story, if someone, a very wise being, the Dalai Lama or the Buddha or Jesus or, or some wise being could whisper in your ear, remember, what would they say to you. I'll be quiet. What would you be able to hear to remind you that you're just making a story up in your mind? If you come up with some words, I invite you to, when next time you have some paper with you, to write them down and they are your doorway to unhooking from suffering. All you need is that whisper in your mind, remember dear, weeds or is that true or whatever it is for you 
remember what the words are and take that on as a practice. Now, I invite people on Zoom, if you feel like it, uh, let's make sure, open up the, oh, you're, you're the host, open up the Zoom room to um, make, make sure everybody can, uh, the chat box, I mean, make sure that everybody can, you got it? So put down your words and we can all witness your words. And I'd like to hear maybe from people here. We just have a few minutes left um, and we can hear from people on Zoom too. Uh, what would come to your mind? Here's a chance to say it out loud and be witnessed by everyone cheering you on. Anyone? Yes. Everything is relative. Everything is relative. Beautiful. Everything is relative. I didn't say it first. <laughs> What's that? I didn't say it first. Oh, it, if it works for you, it doesn't matter where it came from. Everything is relative. Beautiful. Others? One here. Yes? This too shall pass. This too shall pass. That's a great one. How about online? Anyone? Raise your hand. I don't see. Maybe. Have you put stuff in the bat in the in the anyone put anything in the chat box? Okay. Ah, Robin, what were your words? Uh, unmute yourself. I, I, you're still you're still muted. Oh there you go. Oh okay. no. All right. Yeah. Wake up. Say again? Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> say it nicely, though. Yes. Well, There's the lots of different ways you can say it. So the nice version is awaken. Awaken. Okay. Yeah. That the tone that you say it really matters. You can say, wake up, or wake up, dear. And that kindness makes a difference. Any anyone, oh yeah. Steve, how about you? Can uh, yes, um, I thought of, I'm a poet, so I what the phrase that came to me was poetic pollution. Poetic po pollution. Yeah. Poetic pollution. Oh, how lovely! Yeah. Well, if you can, and that's another thing. If you can have humor in it, that really makes a difference because then you're not identified with the thought. Poetic pollution. Yeah. Great. Anyone else here? I hope something came to your mind. Yes, in the back. Oh, is it? Oh, oh, that's uh, uh, Linda. Oh, good. I'm here now. I'm here now. Great. That's a good one. Larry. This belongs. This what? This belongs. This belongs. Ah, beautiful. This belongs. There was a hand over here. Is it Normandy? You know the truth. You know the truth. Doesn't it feel good when you when you hear that? The wisdom is not out there. It's right in you. 
So any last last comments or in, put in the chat? People didn't put in the chat. What's that? Oh yeah. Who, yes. Remember the light. Remember the light. Beautiful. Remember the light. So you have your own private access to wisdom. The trick is to remember. And the trick to remembering is, am I contracted? And if I'm contracted, remember the light. Everything is relative. Breathe. Everything belongs. What is it? Breathe. Breathe. That's a good one. Anything that interrupts that contraction and softens either with kindness in the, the tender tone or, um, or a simple mindfulness or deep compassion, a tender, a tender recognition. In one moment, you're free. You might get lost a moment later. That's okay. If every time you remember that you're lost, you come back, it's not a matter of seeing how, how long you can stay free. It's a matter of bringing yourself back every time you see you've gone. Okay? So if you did come up with something, I invite you to write it down carry it around or have it on your night table or know in your wallet there's something, there's an RX that you can use whenever you're caught. On retreat, uh, when, I, when I'm with, uh, sometimes I'll take a piece of, uh, take a pad and I'll say, okay, you're stuck, here's your universal remedy. And I write, what thought am I believing right now? You know, and it works. People say, oh, I know it. There's something. That, what thought am I believing? Oh, yeah, that's okay. So whatever it is for you. Yeah. One thing that occurred to me uh, recently was correction is more important than accuracy. With respect to that action uh, of always coming back. That's the correction. Uh, you, might not, you might not be, you might just like, miss the target completely. You might not be accurate. But if you know that you missed the target, look back. Beautiful. He said, uh, correction is more important than accuracy. So you might be accurate, but but then you're lost. But if you can keep on com coming back and correcting when you've gotten lost, that's what all of practice is about. Okay, so you got it. You'll be free every time you remember. <laughs> and until then, uh, just keep on practicing. Okay, so let's, uh, let's just close with a dedication. And I invite us all to connect with uh, the sincerity that you bring to coming here or coming online and that we collectively share that sincerity 
of wanting to become more conscious or kind and kind. And let's just collect all of that goodness and share it with all beings everywhere. May all wake up and see their suffering with kindness. May all share their love well. May all know the highest happiness and peace. And may our coming here uh, be for the benefit of all beings everywhere. Okay, thank you for your attention. Thank you for your attention. Have a, a wonderful summer and I hope you keep coming back uh, in Sangha and uh, see you see you at the end of August. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.